You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and any other non-binary genders. I am Roger B. You're listening to Locked and Loaded, and we're on America's Web Radio. Today we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to get to Jack Wilson in a minute. He's my hero of at least the month. He might even be uh, hero of the year. He might be hero of the year. Amazing man. But first, we're going to get into some other stuff like, you know, you wonder about all these people carrying guns. You wonder, how many guns are there? You know, does anybody know? You know, how many guns do Americans have? Are we high on the list? I want to play. I want to play. I want to play. Is, is this like <laughs> guessing the number of jelly beans in a jar? Yeah. <laughs> how many guns are in Americans' homes? <laughs> if you have a jar the size of the Empire State Building. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Roger, real quick, let me just deviate for a second. And I would dolly somewhere there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to stay too much too long here, Roger, but um, I have to point this out and get your opinion on this. I had to go. I had to pick a, a primary care uh, physician, a doctor. Uh, and yeah, I gotta go see, uh, see a doctor here pretty soon. And so I went ahead and started filling out the new patient paperwork. And lo and behold, I get down to question I don't know eight or nine, and it's, "Do you have a gun in the house?" None yet. Do you have a gun in the house? And Roger, let me tell you, I put C. None your damn business. That's right. N and, slash uh, A. And then I said D. Do you? And I mean, I can't <laughs> wait till they ask me when they see the paperwork because uh, that is out is irrelevant. Uh, well, completely irrelevant. Having guns in my house has nothing to do with why I'm going to see the doctor. And That's right. And again, unless you shoot yourself. Unless I shoot myself. <laughs> That's like saying, do you have a hammer in the house? Do you have a saw in the house? Which exactly was the next point I was going to make. Uh, do you own power to, tools? When they <laughs> when they look at that paperwork and they say, oh, you didn't answer this, I'm going to go, well, I'm, I'm going to need some more information, such as, uh, do you have knives in your house? Do you have a bat in your house? Do you have an iron in your house? Do you have do, a, I mean, Do both your hands and feet work? Exactly. We could go on and on. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, so I just had to get that out there, folks. If you see that question, don't answer it. That's right. It's Don't none of their business. None of their business. They're just trying to collect data so they can uh, mark you on a, put you on a little list, and nobody wants to be on any more lists. It, which exactly? Which that? Then you probably want to know where it came from. I can tell you where it came from because the politicians get in bed with the AARP and they get in bed with people like the AMA, the American Medical Association, and they're the ones who lobby to get this crap added. And the, basically, the politicians go to AMA, convince them, and then the AMA comes out like it was their idea. Oh yeah. And yeah, they come out with these ridiculous, <clears throat> stupid reasons. But all it is is, like Roger said, it's a data collection. That's it's right. A way for the government to try and track who's got guns and where these. Don't guns get on are. a list if you can possibly help it. Yep. You know, exactly. it's too late for me, but maybe for you. Now, I will say this: I'll I'll be happy to answer that question the minute I am given my national carry permit. That's right, because then you have a carry permit that's good in every state, mm-hmm. including the ones that don't want you to have it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to see. But anyway, oh, so we're talking about, so how yep. many how many people have guns? Do, or how many guns are there? Anyone want to take a wild swag at that? And this is just the records yeah. that are available since, uh, where are we, 1986 to 2018. I'm going to say millions. Hundreds millions. of millions. <laughs> the estimates are now 422.9 million guns. 
Beautiful. <clears throat> between 1986 and 2019. Now, those numbers are good, but I think they're rookie I, numbers. We need to bump those up a little bit. I was just about to say, and I'm going to be They all came boy. out in Texas, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might be just Texas alone. <laughs> I'm going to do my best, Roger, to get that number That's up. right. And you know what? Oh. It's good if you help the younger generation, if you have kids or have an influence over kids, and you can teach them how to shoot, teach them gun safety. Absolutely. Teach them not to be afraid of afraid. guns, because if you're afraid of them, you're going to want to get get rid of them. And well, we Roger, can't do that. What Roger is saying is, do not teach your child to be a snowflake. Right, right. Especially yeah. if you're in warm weather, you don't want to be a snowflake. Exactly, because you melt all the time. No, up up north in Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, it may be too late for them. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Uh, but yeah, don't be a snowflake, because then you're going to turn in. You're going to need a cry closet, and we're going to run out of cry closets. That's right. There'll be no safe spaces left. No safe spaces because they're going to be full. Speaking of safe spaces, that'd be a good place to hide. Is in my safe with all the guns. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'd feel safe. You know, I will say this because there's somebody out there going, "Well, Roger, how do you protect yourself if all your guns are in your safe?" Well, I'll tell you this, Roger, like me does not have all the guns in his safe. Don't be ridiculous. And if you want to try to figure out which guns are not in the safe, well, then you just try to break into one. Yeah, there's a sign on the door that says, This house protected by shotgun three nights a week. You guess which three. guess which three. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, you know, a friend of mine got pulled over. And the policeman goes, do you have any weapons in the car? He goes, well, I've got a 9mm under the seat. And he goes, okay. He goes, oh, and i got a 357 in the back seat. I want a shotgun underneath the back seat. And the policeman goes, what are you afraid of? He goes, not a darn thing. Not a thing. <laughs> yeah, not a, see, that's the thing. It's like we were talking about last, or a week or two ago, Roger. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, the prepared mind. So prepared you got to be prepared. Favors, no, so though, what is it? The, 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 the uh, chance favors the prepared mind. There you go. And, chance favors and the prepared. And that's the same thing. I, you know, I, I remember, Roger, one time I got pulled over. I really did. I got pulled over coming out of Florida. And the uh, the officer started searching the car, and they found I had a knife because this was this was I was young I was a, in my I was a teenager, and I hadn't uh, well about nineteen. Okay, so you were younger. Uh, I was younger. Didn't no handguns in the but car. I had at this no point. handguns in the but I did have a knife and I had a little bully stick, and I had my my GBI hat because I had just gotten uh, the offer from the GBI and was going through all that testing. And uh, it was funny because before he found the hat, he found the knife and the bully stick. And his question was, what is this for? What do you need this? What do you need this for? And I went, protection. Same reason you have some weapons. And then he smiled and went, "Ah, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, it's like, well, why do you need a fire extinguisher? We have fire departments. Yeah. Yeah, well, the average response time of a 911 call is about 10 minutes. So if you're going to wait 10 minutes, and let me just give you a little quick preview. The Texas shooting was over in six seconds. Seconds. That's six nine seconds. minutes and 54 seconds yeah. <laughs> less time than it would have taken for the average police to answer a 911 call. And imagine <clears throat> the damage and the killing that would have happened. Yes, but that was in Texas. So, But anyway, so we have 422.9 million guns. That the ATF has a record of being sold since 1986, which is when they started keeping records. Now, here's another fact, a uh, little statistic they threw out there, is that there's 17.7 million modern sporting rifles in private ownership today. Now, that's modern sporting rifles are what Democrats will call assault rifles or what liberals will call assault rifles. They're not assault rifles. Assault is a verb. It's not an adjective. But, Roger, they look so mean, that big black gun. You know, putting racing straps on your car does not make it a race car. 
putting a number on your car doesn't make it a race car. <laughs> That's right. Putting a number one plate on your motorcycle doesn't make you come in first. <laughs> putting a fancy piece on your two two three semi-automatic rifle does not make it an assault rifle. <laughs> but, you know, so, yeah, but more than half of... Fifty-four percent of all rifles produced in 2017 were modern sporting rifles. The AR-15 is the most popular rifle sold in America right now. Wow! So, just to give you an idea, these people are buying this stuff. I mean, it's not like it's uh, it's not happening. <clears throat> well, this is we're we're into some of the best gun sales we've seen. Oh yeah, because I think people were so prepared in 2016 for the election to go the other way and Ooh. gun control to come on hard that they overstocked everything, anticipating huge sales. And Trump won, and everyone kind of took a breather. Yep. So the sales are out there. The prices have never been better. If you don't have right. a gun, or you don't have ten guns, or you don't have fifteen guns. Just get an extra one. You never know when you're going to need an extra one. What are you waiting for? <laughs> I had somebody ask me, how many guns is enough? I said, just one more. Yeah, just one more. <laughs> and, uh, you know, find find a good gun show to go to. Uh, find a good sporting place to go Local to. Local gun shops. Um, you, you're not going to go to Dick's, uh, and you're not going to go to Walmart. No, no. But go someplace. Uh, go somewhere that appreciates. Other, go someplace that's not Dick's. Yeah. Go Where they have people working there who are, you know, yeah, they're not Dick's. not Dick's. <laughs> Right. You know, go go to a place that appreciates the Second Amendment and respects the Second Amendment. That's right. Now, we had imported firearms as well, which were 7.6 million total. 4.27 million were pistols, 2.8 million revolvers, and a half a million shotguns were imported. So that was, uh, that was in 2018 only. So mm. the money is coming. Now... <clears throat> The firearms manufacturing accounts for 12,000 employees producing over $4.1 billion in goods shipped in 2017 alone. Wow. So the money is there. The employment is there. The market is there. These people are helping contribute to the economy and to the freedom of America. Of America and the protection of the Constitution. It's a great thing. That's right. Absolutely. Everybody, you know, if you feel the need or you want to learn how, you should definitely pursue it. Any local gun shop or local range will have training classes available. You can get started. If you don't have a friend who's willing to teach you or take you out the first time to, to, to give it a shot, go take a beginner's class. It may seem a little easy at first, but you're going to work your way into more and more stuff. Folks, for the small price of $100 an hour, Roger and I... We'll teach you ourselves. <laughs> now, hold on there. <laughs> if I hadn't lost all my guns in that tragic boating accident, oh, I would be up for that. It was, it was, it was, exactly. I, one day I'm going to figure out how to get to the bottom of the sea. That's right, or the lake or the river. The lake or the river to, to find But now here's guns. a total number of full-time jobs in the U.S. in the firearms industry. The, the 12000 was just in the manufacturing. This is in sales and ranges and everywhere else that has to do with weapons. There are approximately... 312,000 people involved in the shooting sports industry. That's employed by them. And it's up from 166,000 from 2008 to 2018. It almost doubled. So look at how many families are supported by these awesome jobs. Exactly. Awesome American jobs. Exactly. We and have jobs in the gun industry, so don't be afraid to help support America. Support America. And, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, that'll a little bit of a... Uh, uh, of uh, what you'll hear on my show is uh, why on earth would you support a socialist Democrat? Because they're just going to want to shut down every one of those jobs. That's right. Well, we know they don't 
tend to be for economic prosperity. Nope. Unless they can control it all. Therefore, elitist prosperity. Right. But yeah, okay. So we had this, and then what that means is because we went from one hundred and sixty-six thousand to three hundred twelve thousand, we had a rise of one hundred and seventy-one percent since two thousand eight in the firearms industry economic impact. That's money coming in from it, employers, all the the money coming in. So that's can you break that down for the Alexandria Cortezes of the world? So can you put that in layman terms? More than double. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Double and a half. Is that that a term? Double and a half. It is now. But but on top of all these hundreds of millions of guns, this is where everything gets really weird. Because you would think, oh, my God, all these guns, there must be shootings all over the place. But no, no, no. Violent crime from 93 to 2017 has decreased by 48.5%. What? Or in the words of Gloria, what? Unintentional firearm-related fatalities have declined by 68%. You're telling me... I mean, I mean, wait, you know, in the words of uh, Cousin Vinny, <laughs> I, I got to hear this. Yeah. You're telling me. More guns, industry more than double and a half. More than double and a half <laughs> equals a drop in crime. Um, over 50, almost a 50%, over 60%, uh, well, overall 68% drop in crime. Unbelievable. But you will never hear this in the mainstream media or from a Democrat. Never. You're never going to hear that. Well, no, of Roger. course not. All right, we're going to be right back after this. Take a few few moments for a short break. And I'm going to bust in here, Roger, and point out that uh, we've got a fantastic new show starting up. And, folks, if you're a veteran and you didn't hear it in uh, On Point with, what's his name? Amandaris. Anyway, a bunch of snakes in there. <laughs> anyway, we've got a great, great show starting up for veterans and and veterans' families because many women that lost their husbands or many other husbands that lost their wives during a conflict are due veteran benefits. And I have learned more from this gentleman, Mike Dover, in a few conversations with him than I ever know that about uh, um, the veteran benefits. So we're gonna we're gonna keep you posted on when that show's starting, but it will be great. And tell all of your friends that are veterans or no veterans, have family members that are veterans, to listen to America's Web Radio and our veteran benefits show it is going to blow your mind and many reservists don't think oh i was in the reserves i didn't you still have benefits there are benefits out for reservists there are certainly benefits out for any war era time and uh you need to listen so also the one last thing before we get back to uh what's the name of your show locked in loaded. Okay, locked and loaded i think that means something anyway that's a lot of you tonight you'll be it'd be a good idea you can lock yourself in the house before you get loaded i was gonna say i don't know and if they're I- gonna be locked but they're gonna be loaded <laughs> anyway uh before we get back to locked and loaded I'm I'm asking again, please, please send Melania Trump a thank you note. 
She has done a marvelous job, an incredible job, with like her husband, everybody seems to be against her, but we're not. We're far, and send her a thank you note. She has brought elegance, dignity, class back into the White House again that somebody tried to steal for eight years. You know, anybody who can speak five languages uh, deserves respect. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, she, she's an amazing lady. Really she is. is. And uh, I don't think from day one we've given her the respect that we should have as a pie. We should be down on our knees thanking God for having someone that has class and elegance and dignity in our White House after what we've come through. Anyway, with all of that said, we're going to run, I'm going to run a quick four Senate. No, I <laughs> a quick spot, and we're coming back to Mr. Roger B. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And we are back. Now, <clears throat> after seeing all the guns in America and the lower crime rates, you think, okay, well, this is good. More people with guns can mean a safer society if these people are legal, law-abiding citizens. However, there's people who are not law-abiding citizens. What? And they think the NRA is the biggest problem we have right now. Even though NRA members have not been responsible for any deaths or any mass shootings, they always blame them for it. Hey, Roger, can I ask you something? Sure. How come that the the left, let's just say, because it is mostly the left, can be so against and have such a problem with the NRA, but be okay with government unions? I don't know. I mean, it's insane. Well, you look at it this way: the government unions they're forced to pay dues. Nobody forces an NRA member to to pay join. Them. Oh no, nobody. Nope. But, you know, they're, they're a little different. They're a lobbyist group or a civil uh, rights group versus a, uh, you know, a government a, union. A government <laughs> union lobbies the government every day. Yeah, that's, so that's does Planned Parenthood. But they're forced to do it. it was, that's, that's my point. With NRA, yes, they lobby, but no one forces a member. Don't right, right. Person to be a member. You're giving money of your they're, free will. Yeah, exactly. you don't have to join they them. Truly, uh, are the the uh, citizens of this country exercising their right to protect the Second Amendment? But we had a guy who decided the NRA was the worst thing ever, and he wanted to make a point that the NRA was bad and they were to blame for all kinds of stuff. So he shot his wife, shot his dog, and then shot himself, and blamed it on the NRA. Of course. <laughs> I mean, who now, else's fault would it be? Now, it, this is just crazy. This guy did this. This guy, Kevin. We're going to just call him Kevin because I can't pronounce his last name. And if I did, it would probably sound something like Jack. Uh, well, anyway. <clears throat> this Jackwagon, Kevin Jackwagon, decided that he was going to blame a murder on the NRA. So he went and shot his wife, shot his dog, shot her dog. She had an emotional support wow. dog or a service dog. He shot the dog, shot her, and then shot himself. Hmm. And then he started tweeting how the NRA gave him the right to have a gun because he never could have killed them with a knife. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so Ask that to the guy in New York. Oh, my God. Now, now Kevin, Kevin Jackwagon is still alive. He has, is in critical condition in a local hospital. Well, that's a shame. I know. It just, you know, why bother putting any money into something like that? That seems crazy. But it happened in a small town, and he just came out and started tweeting stuff after he had done it that they gave him the opportunity to do this by providing or by giving him the right to have a gun. 
Now, I wonder if he had run. Now, he, he was going, let's see, here's one of his tweets. Guns don't kill people. People do. Guns just make it a lot easier. AR-15s make it super easy. Of course, he didn't use an AR-15. He used yeah. a handgun. But that was a nut job. I just killed my whole family and couldn't have done it without a gun. I'm too much of a coward. A knife would have been way too hard. So thanks to everyone at the NRA. And this guy's tweeting this after he killed his family. So this guy's using basically using talking points. I guess I don't understand this. I mean, this is nuts. This guy is absolutely insane. Obviously, yeah. That's like when you're seven years old and hit yourself in the face and go, "Look what you made me do." And and yet, (laughs) exactly. And yet, Roger, you started that off by he was a known, well-known, and admitted anti-Trump. Oh, yes, he is anti-Trump. So he was not a Trump supporter. He's a complete anti-Trump supporter. So yeah, it says we, the headline was anti-Trumper, kills his wife, dog, and blames the NRA, then shoots himself. So, we can so apparently he tweeted before he shot before himself. Before he shot himself. Well, because he wanted to get his talking points out and make sure they were covered. Man. But, yeah, so this is, uh, you know. It's and it happened in a small town. It was kind of shocking because he had had some previous run-ins with the law. There were some issues that he had. So... I think, oh, uh, let's see, what was they talking about? What some of the things he had gone through? But it's just, it's crazy to think that, you know, his wife, well, she picked to be with him, so, you know, but the dog had nothing. The, the dog, dog was completely had innocent. To do with it. I wonder just, where he got his firearm. That I don't know. That's not in this article. I don't know if he bought it legally or he had never well, had can, any domestic violence complaints or anything like that against him. I can tell you he probably didn't get it legally because if he had it, it would have been in that news story. Yeah, you would think if he got it, if he bought it through yeah. legal sources, yeah. Yep. We don't know. It could have been given to him by somebody. Who knows? But anyway, this is just sad. And it happened, I think, on like the 28th, December 28th. So, it was, you know, right after Christmas. Maybe he didn't get what he wanted. I don't know. But you know, Roger, before there were any gun laws or any gun control measures, uh, killing another person was illegal. Still, yes. And it's still In fact, is. in the Bible, there was a guy who killed a quarter yeah. of the world's population. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cain killed Abel. There, 25% of the population is gone without a gun in sight. Without a gun in sight. No knife. He killed him with a rock. (laughs) So you know what? Evil is not in the gun. It's in the heart of people who commit heinous acts. Evil is not in an inanimate object, no matter what the Democrats will tell you. That's right. I mean, evil is in the heart of men, and it has to be stopped by good men with guns. With guns. And that brings me to Texas. And extra large clips. Jack Wilson, that's the guy who is the Jack. hero, the hero of the of the the year at least. Unbelievable. Now, like I say, that happened in a church, and if you watch this video, I know a lot of you have seen it, and it yeah, happened all it. very quickly. It went down yeah. very fast, but they were suspicious of this guy from the minute he walked in mm-hmm. because he was dressed funny. He had a, a oversized well, he had coat on, oversized he had a thick beard on, on, he had a hoodie on. I mean, it was there was clear. If you watch the video. Look, before even I even told me what was going on and I watched that video, he, he, my eye went to him immediately. And, Roger, I talked a little bit in my show about situational awareness, um, which I'm pretty sure you've talked about. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you couldn't help but notice that guy. He, he it's a game. Out. You walk into any place you go into, look around, size mm-hmm. everybody up, just kind of look around and say, who would be the biggest threat in here? Yeah, who would absolutely. be most likely? Absolutely. Now, granted, you're not always going to be right, and, and 99.999999% of the time, nothing's going to happen. Right. But just look, look around and say, okay, who could I count on if something were to go down? Who would be the guy who would step up and help me? Mm-hmm. 
and who would be the prob- the problem child in this in this particular scenario? Exactly. <laughs> and you know, it's just a game. You're just you're not going to shoot anybody because you think they might be doing something exactly, wrong. Exactly, exactly. You're just going to no, go in there. Just- Oh, hone your senses. That's right. all. Be prepared. Be prepared. Never like, hurts to be prepared. Like uh, Jack was. Yes, Jack Wilson. And like I say, he ended that nine minutes and 54 seconds faster than the average 911 call is answered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, unfortunately, if you see the video, the first gentleman who stood up and yeah. tried to confront the gunman. Well, I talked about that, Roger. Um, if you watched that video, it was, it was sad. And what I talked about is no matter how much you train when somebody points a shotgun at you 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 just don't know how you're going to react well your adrenaline starts to flow your fine motor skills deteriorate right you tend to get tunnel vision it looked to me he just had a little hesitation pulling his firearm out Uh, it looks like he wasn't used to drawing from whatever holster he was having and even if you're not why would he stand up in front of a guy with a gun and and try and draw and try and draw get your gun out first this this is what we talk about Roger when we talk about situational awareness uh, when something like that happens, if you find yourself in the situation, you cover yourself first, and then pull your weapon and take action. Well, there's also something that says, if you're not shooting, be reloading. If you're not reloading, be moving. Be moving. So if he should, if he got up, he could have moved away from everybody in the congregation. At least drew the attention of the shooter that way. Yeah. And it might have helped. But I guess, you know, like I say, well, when it happens, you never know how you're going to react. You really don't. You really don't. The best thing you can do is train for different scenarios. Mm -hmm. Most people, they go to the range, they shoot paper targets for an hour, and they come home. Mm -hmm. If I take somebody to the range, we're going to start by shooting paper targets. Then I get some, like maybe some paper plates, and I'll load their magazine. I'll say, I want three on each of those. And if it runs out, you have to reload yeah. before you can finish. Mm-hmm. So you learn how to – you've got to hone your skills. And start off yeah, small. Yeah. Like I say, when you learn to draw from a holster, start off slow. Don't rush. Mm-hmm. Get it. Learn the basic maneuvers. Learn what's going to be. And figure out what clothes are you going to be wearing most of the time and how to avoid getting caught up in your clothes. Make sure your holster works properly. There's so many things you got to consider with stuff like this. And a lot of people, that's why I probably have three dozen holsters at home, because I buy some and I try them out, and they're not exactly what I want. They're not as easy to get out. They're not good enough access. They don't hold the gun tight enough. You find the one that works the best, and that's what you go with, and that's the one you train with. Exactly, and it's trial and error. I mean, you you want a holster that secures, but you also do not want to struggle when you have to draw. Right, and you got to consider, what if you're sitting down at a restaurant and somebody comes in? Do you have to stand up to get that weapon out? Well, yeah, right. That would that would slow you down. That would uh, draw attention to you right away. Can you draw your weapon? Keep it under the table, maybe, and maybe you may not never have to use it. Mm-hmm. But be prepared. Absolutely. You know, it's just tough. And I feel really bad for the gentleman who stood yeah. up. He tried to do the right thing, and he just too, he took well. far too long. Yep. Like I said, <clears throat> it's just one of the situations where I think he was a little stunned, and um, it just yeah. Didn't and kick I honestly saw he did not seem to have the training he needed to be in that situation. He didn't see. Now I don't know enough about him. I don't. Know I if don't he had training or not. But what I'm saying is, even even if you ha- you can have the most training in the world, when it happens for you for the first time. You yeah. Just don't know now, how if you do have a lot of training, it tends to be instinctual. You tend to do it Absolutely. without thinking. That's you the key. You want it to be instinct. That's right. Instinct. You, you get to the point where you can draw your weapon and you don't even think about it. That's yeah. what you want to do. And, and that takes time. Want. It does. It does take time. And and uh, and trust me. I, I mean, I you know, I mentioned before, Roger. And I speak from experience. I've had a guy pull a shotgun on me, and uh, I'll tell you, it's not a fun place to be. But training, training, training. Had it not been for the training I had, I may not be here today. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, you tend to panic. People uh, get 
Yeah, because if you panic, it's just going to work against you. Right. Um, so I, I can't stress it enough. But uh, but I tell you, Roger, what what those guys did in that, what you know, what Jack did in that church, and what other. You know, let's put it this way. If Democrats had their way, none of those guys could have been armed in that church. Right, except for the criminal. Except for the criminal. And that never works out good for and the non-criminals. <laughs> Roger, look at the shotgun he had. How many people do you think he could have killed in nine minutes? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it depends. We don't know if his pockets were full of ammo or not. We don't no, know we enough don't. about it. And they're not going to tell us anything that would go against the liberal, agenda, the liberal agenda to say that guns are bad. In fact, where's it? Beto. Oh, gosh. We're not going back to him, are we? He's back in the news again because he oh. said something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I find that I find it hard, hard to, to believe, believe that he, after that dropping he, out of the presidential <laughs> presidential race for saying stupid things, would come back and say something say stupid something again. Stupid, but apparently he did. So saddened to hear about another church shooting in Texas. This one in White Settlement near Fort Worth. Clearly, what we are doing in Texas, what we are doing in this country, when it comes to guns, is not working. Tell that to the lives saved. Tell that, that to the guy, to the mass shooter, they stopped in six seconds. Six seconds. Now, granted, it was probably four seconds too long, but you know what? But it was better than it could have been. It could have been far worse. Could have been far worse. But Beto opens his mouth, goes off about how gun control is just not working, and it's sad what happened in the church, and it is. And we'll be right back after this. Locked and loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Are you serious? And we uh, appreciate you listening. store wherever you go and pick up some thank you notes i don't want to mess around folks we need to send thank you notes by the thousands to our first lady and thank her for bringing dignity class and certainly elegance back to our white house again so please go out get them get the thank you notes and send them it's very easy to do i've done it and uh Melania Trump, our First Lady, the White House, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington, D.C., Northwest, 20500. And she will get it, and I guarantee you, it would, it's like, it's like thanking a veteran. Which brings me to another point. We will be starting a new show. In fact, you, you can get a, a glimpse of it. This Thursday at 10 o'clock with Mike Dover. He is a chaplain nationally for the disabled veterans. And, um, Roger, I don't know if you heard, if you heard me mention it on, uh, Victor's show, but if you're a veteran and you're filing for benefits and you're having any kind of trouble at all, I don't care what kind of trouble it is. First thing, call Disabled American Veterans, and they will take care of you. The first thing they'll tell you is take your DD-2, whatever it is, your DD form that shows your honorably discharged, your discharge papers, and or your honorable discharge papers like I got, and go and go to your courthouse, get them copied, and get a certified copy. 
DD two four one, I think it is. Anyway, we go. That bureaucracy can be very difficult to oh. move through. You know, they ain't got a pair of scissors big enough to cut through all the red tape. You know, <laughs> hey, you, you probably need a AR fifteen just to shoot all the red tape. But, but these guys can obviously offer these veterans the assistance they need to get through some of this and get to where they need to be. Even better than that, they will literally assign you a person. And you all will set up a time to go to the VA and cut through it, get it done, and it's over with. By people who are professionals and know how it all works. That and would be extremely they, many veterans. They, they give you a, I mean, they assign Joe Smith to Joe Smith. You and own caseworker. You get your that. own, and they go with you. It's not, well, go do this, go do that. They go with you. And I'm telling you the truth because it's happening in my family as we speak. And uh, so please tune in, tune in to America's Web Radio. We've got more things coming than, you know, we got more snakes in the bag than a snake charmer. And we have Roger B. So what else could a person want? Anyway, with that being said, we're going to get back to his show. And uh, Roger, thank you for letting me take part of your time on America's Web Radio to explain to folks that... uh, there is hope, and there is a way to get through it. And they, uh, Mike was telling me, one guy alone, he had no idea what he had been missing and what was available, and his wife didn't. Well, one thing, every veteran, no matter where, when, what, or how, is entitled to two burial plots, one for the veteran and one for his spouse, wow, So, uh, and in a national cemetery. The other thing is that uh, this one guy, he had passed up so much. Oh, I don't need it. I don't need it. Come to find out, he was entitled to almost 100000 bucks that they paid him. Anybody needed that. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't, you know, if you, I'm not an expert on it. Most people aren't an expert on it. And even the people that are involved with the VA aren't experts so on it. What is the name of this? Service? Just you, you go to Disabled American Veterans. And they will get and assign you. And it doesn't, oh, by the way, I was. Is that a website? Dot com? DisabledAmericanVeterans.com? Yeah, I'm sure you can, or you can find it on the internet. Um, but I ask, you know, everybody and people listening, the misnomer, let me ask you, when I say disabled American veterans, what's the first thought that pops in your mind? At least the VA. But why? Why? Why is that guy disabled? What in, popping in your mind? What oh, think? right, because he was he was hurt in battle. Yeah. So you think um, he might be missing an arm, or he might be missing a leg, right. or an eye, or something? Right. That's a very, very small percentage. Oh, the people who them. need help, yeah, can uh, get the people that need help, and it can range from PTSD to uh, Agent Orange to right now they're working on one. They can't. It's it's enough that. They know that this group of people have been exposed to something, but they ain't figured out what it is yet. But they're working with them. And they, like I said, the most important thing is they will assign you a person that will go with you, work with you, and you all will figure it out. So when we got when we have the date set and uh, the date and time set, this will be one of the most important shows in the country because it will deal with the problems of a veteran working with the VA. So, 
With that being said, it's time to get back to Locked and Loaded with Mr. B. Is that with two E's or what? <laughs> we'll make it with two. Why not? Okay. Or maybe an I. <laughs> like B-I. An I? B-I. B-I. No, I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Back to Mr. B. Yes, thank you, David. I appreciate that. And everyone, always take the time to thank a veteran if you get the opportunity. If you see them wearing the hat or have the ring, Amen. tell them thank you. They really appreciate that. And the same goes with our first responders. When you see them in an airport or you see them somewhere. Tell them thank you. Absolutely. They have a, a lately they afford it, buy them lunch. That's right. Lately, they have a very thankless job because of some of these cities are pushing the police into the into situations that they shouldn't have to be in where people can assault them with no repercussions at all. So, but that's a story for another day. But like I say, back to Texas because that was just an amazing scenario that happened there. Jack Wilson has got to be the hero of the year probably because he, and this guy's 71 years old. He's running for a seat on the Hood County Commission. And I think he just clinched that, I would imagine, because now everybody's going to know his name. <laughs> Let's hope he can do some good there as well. And all he did was thank God that nobody else got hurt and gave him the strength to do what he needed to do. So he knows it's not all in his hands all the time. So he was very thankful that he was able to do what he did without hurting anybody else and ending it as quickly as possible. You know, Roger, as we were talking before, pardon me for interrupting, but we talked about it on Victor's show as well. The Boy Scout thing, be prepared. Oh, yeah, always. You know, no, you know, when you go into church or go into any situation, look around, size things up, and make a plan. Right, exactly. Or make a make a plan, a backup plan, a contingency plan, an emergency plan. <laughs> Should always have a couple of plans, but always be aware. You know, and if you do see something happen, think about it before you do anything. Unless there's a gun in your face at that moment, think about your plan. Okay, it's happening. What do I do? How do I avoid drawing attention to myself? And how do I give myself an advantage? You know, the, in looking at the at the video. Of, of Texas, um, the one thing that I found interesting, and maybe I missed it, but I don't think I did. But one of the first things I would have yelled, "Get down!" Right. Most people run up and start. They jump up and start screaming. Yeah. Which is the r- totally wrong thing to do. You hear a gunshot, you hit the deck because you're a lot harder to hit if you're down behind something. Yep. You know, even if it's just... Now, there's a difference between concealment and cover. Concealment means they can't see you, but they might be able to shoot you through it. Cover means you've got something that will stop bullets. But even with concealment, no one can see you. They may not know you're there. You may not get shot at. You know, get down, be quiet. Don't draw attention to yourself. But I noticed there were people running around. They were screaming and yelling. And it's like, don't cause more chaos. That just draws attention to you and people in the area you're in. You know, That's the wrong thing to do. But a lot of people, they're not, everyday people are not trained to do this kind of stuff. I, uh, I was just thinking of something, Roger, that uh, I have offered my church, and they turned me, I mean, they turned me down flatter than a pancake, but I've offered my church, and you should now, people, listen up. Go to your church, go to your pastor, go to your uh, different thing, elders or whatever, deacons, whatever you have. But go to them and say, let's 
have one Sunday, maybe two lessons, with an expert that tells our congregation what to do. How to react, what to do, what steps to take, and to follow instructions if somebody is there giving them to them. You know, that's the first thing you learn in the military is that when somebody yells, duck, yeah, duck. Yeah, or they yell, gun, you hit the deck. Yep. You know? Or you you grab cover, you grab concealment, you find your way to a better position, if nothing else. And I don't think, uh, you know, I don't know whether it's going to get worse. I I don't have a crystal ball to say anything, but there's still the Boy Scout motto, be prepared. There's nothing wrong with it. Oh, absolutely. Whether it's in your church or in your board meeting or in your school or whatever. Now, Just be prepared. Keep in mind, though, a lot of states have laws against carrying weapons in a house of worship. So you have to be careful. You don't really want to break the law if you can possibly help it. Now, other states let each church or house of worship decide for themselves, just like most businesses. They decide for themselves whether they want to allow it or not. And that would be an opportunity for you to go to the, the leaders of your church or house of worship and decide is this something we want to pursue? Do we want to have a plan and a plan of action to protect ourselves from this? <clears throat> well, if, um, now, just just a week ago, there were Jews in New York marching or protesting with AR-15s open carrying in New York City because there had been multitude of incidences against Jews in New York over the Hanukkah holiday. So you know, it's a, people are starting to realize the only way to protect yourself is to be a good guy with a gun. There's no other way to do it easily. That's how we protect our money. That's how we protect our politicians. That's how we protect the gold in our vaults. Why wouldn't we use it to protect ourselves, our children, our families? There's no reason why we shouldn't use guns to protect them as well. So, Amen. In fact, the governor of Virginia has decided he doesn't want people in his state to protect themselves. He wants to take their guns away. He doesn't want people to be prepared. Because now there's a bill pending in Virginia where they're going to expand the definition of illegal paramilitary activities. Basically, they're going to try and shut down a lot of, I guess, businesses or people who are providing training to people, and they're going to label it as paramilitary activities. Because I don't know if you've been following what's been going on in Virginia, but basically a Democrat Senate and, and Congress has one positions to where they have a majority in the Virginia House and Senate, and the governor is a Democrat as well. And now that they have control, the first thing they want to do is push for gun control that goes beyond people with criminal records not being able to buy guns. They want to take away all semi-automatics, any kind of sporting rifles, quote-unquote assault rifles. They want all those to be completely banned. So are we going to uh, take this idiot and... uh uh, address the military with the same way. Well, you'll go into battle. You just won't be carrying a gun. You don't need it. They're not, you know, don't worry about just, it. Just use harsh language. Yeah, yell at them. But Throw I, rocks. But I bet the governor's protected by people with guns, probably the same guns he's trying to ban, he's protected by. Don't you know? Oh, gee. Well, what was Victor talking about? The elitists. They always take care of themselves before they take care of the people. There's, they are supposed to be serving. But they don't consider themselves serving now. They consider themselves ruling over, which is the problem with most politicians. They think of themselves as rulers. And, uh, you know, 
They forget so, that they work for us. That's right. They were elected. They were voted in place to represent us, represent the people. And apparently in Virginia, the governor needs to look at it and go, okay, I have this idea. And apparently some people, he won the election, so people voted him in. But now when 95 out of 133 counties have decided to make themselves sanctuary cities for Second Amendment rights, obviously there's there's an outcry they want things corrected. They want things done to protect their rights. In fact, now the Virginia Attorney General has said Second Amendment cities are illegal. He says they are not capable of making this decision county by county that they have to obey the state law. However, in Virginia, there are counties or cities that have decided they're going to ignore the, the state's marijuana laws and allow people to smoke and not prosecute anybody. Roger, didn't didn't you discuss even last week that Virginia, in their constitution, has they our- have an amendment in their constitution that reads very similarly to the Second Amendment in the Constitution, and the end of it is the rights of the people shall not be infringed. That's the Virginia Constitution, because every state generally has a constitution or a set of rules. So he's violating state law by passing these laws unless they change the state constitution. But they don't care. They're going with just what they want. Like the, there's a lot of counties and cities that are sanctuary cities for illegals. But they're not going after them for breaking the law, even though the attorney general says any kind of sanctuary is illegal. Actually, all he said was Second Amendment sanctuaries are illegal. We're going to be right back after the few messages here. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Good morning. My name is Mike Mizell. I'm a retired Army colonel and president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association. We meet in Newtown Park, and part of one of our projects is the installation of the Healing Wall, the half-scale model of the Vietnam Wall that traveled the United States. Well, it's coming to rest, and it's going to live in Johns Creek forever, the half-scale model. We're looking at a possibly a march implementation ribbon-cutting ceremony, and we're looking for donors and sponsors that want to help us in this great project. You can donate at jcvets.org.
You can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan, and every family will save thousands of dollars a year. I'm Ellen Deal, and if you've been hurt by the Affordable Care Act, you can email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com to see if we can help. Small business owners, individuals, families, and baby boomers, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com for three easy questions to determine if you can get away from Obamacare. I'm a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry and here to help you for all your insurance needs. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, and we're back. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Now, I have one quick thing I want to go over because why not? This is, this is Article 1, Section 13 in the Virginia Constitution, that a well-regulated militia composed of the body of the people... Trained to arms is the proper, natural, and safe defense of a free state. Therefore, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, how is the governor of Virginia going to come out and tell us we can't have guns or you can't have guns in Virginia when the Constitution clearly states it shall not be infringed in any way? My one concern, or not concern, I don't live there, but I question, I guess, what you just read. Um, the federal government says that a state can't have a militia. Uh, they and it's and it doesn't want to get mixed up with the National Guard or this or that. Right, right. But they were also cons- the federal government was concerned that a state would try to overthrow. If the federal government. That. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, after the Civil War, that actually became a problem, I yeah. guess, or during the Civil War. But, uh, you know, at the same token, what is, in my opinion, only my opinion, I don't know of a state that could afford it. But, in, in, and let me back up a second. In some ways, I can only address Texas. Because I, but the. the Department of Public Services in Texas, the uh, law enforcement, uh, Texas State Troopers and uh, DPS, if they were called upon, they could pretty well be trained into a militia pretty damn fast. Right, and people would probably help local sheriff departments and things like that, especially in smaller towns where everybody knows who everybody is. And they know who's trained. They know who's got the skills. They would recruit these people very quickly to come and help if they thought that their town or their city or their county was under threat. Yeah. And it is. Right. Exactly. I mean, here the Virginia Attorney General saying Second Amendment sanctuaries are illegal. However, the marijuana sanctuary cities, he's not going after them. The the illegal alien sanctuary cities, he's not going after them. He's only pointing it out for the Second Amendment sanctuary cities. So he's being unequal under the law he's he's deciding which he's going to enforce and which he's he's not i sent you the omar thing didn't i uh no i did not get that the one minute speech or whatever it is from i've seen parts of that where where she was saying she wants to enforce having sharia law basically yeah she wants that to become part of america that america should that the islams won't stop until all of america Mm -hmm. is islamic And there are probably some people here who believe that, I'm sure. So the point of my story is 
be prepared. And, you know, if it's just like the situation in New York, it, and unfortunately it may be coming to a neighborhood near you. I know. And, uh, it's not going to be far now, yeah. They, uh, they, they make no bones about it. They think everything should be Islam, Sharia law, and uh, that if you're an infidel, then you should be dead. If you don't convert, they kill you. And, uh, you know, it, and it's, I'm sorry, but I think more and more churches and synagogues are going to be attacked. Right. Now, this thing in Texas had no religious no. issues as far as we know. There was no religious uh, qualms here. I don't even know if they have a motive for this guy or well, not. Well, the guy had been homeless. The preacher had been working with him, actually. Oh, so they or, knew this guy. He yeah. was a member of the church, basically. Well, sort, sort of. of. <laughs> yeah. Um, not an outstanding one, that's for sure. But. Well, no. He shot a couple of people. That's never good for your record. No. <laughs> but, you know, this is... Uh, we live in a changing world. We live in a very exploited and diverse world today. <laughs> and even even Mr. B and I don't agree on everything. No, no, nobody's. That's where you, the difference of opinion is what leads to discussions to forward progress. Absolutely. You want to be with people who have different ideas so you can learn from them. If you surround yourself with people who are always same minded, you're never going to learn anything new. So always listen, because when you're listening, you're learning. When you're talking, you're saying something you already know. And in spite of what you've said today, we are going to shut you down at uh, 4 o'clock, and I'm leaving. So okay. If you want to stay here? You know, no, no. I'm you, good. You can build a fire in the fireplace. Oh, we don't have a fireplace, do we? But I will tell everybody, Just uh, I'm going to run some statistics by you real quick. Average cost of a DUI, $10,000. Average cost of a funeral, $7,500. Average cost of an Uber ride, $22. You make the decision tonight if you'll go out and get loaded. Make sure you lock your keys away. Don't make a silly decision for $20 or $25. Take the Uber, the Lyft, the taxi cab. Take another way home if you have any question as to your ability to drink. If you've been drinking, do not drive. Amen. Because I want Amen. our six listeners to survive tonight. Yes. <laughs> you know who any? you are. I don't uh, know. That's what I hear. We want to uh, thank you for making 2019 a good year for America's Web Radio. Uh, we all have our bumps in the road, and uh, and the one like uh, Roger just talked about, there, there's no excuse for it. So, uh, and it is very costly, and can be costly in many, many ways. That's Not, right. Like I say, you don't want a funeral. You don't want a ten thousand dollar legal bill. Trust me. In the morning, the twenty something dollar Uber bill will be way easier to deal with than any of those other two. Absolutely. So, with that being <clears throat> said, Happy New Year, Roger. Thank you. Happy for New Year to you, Legend Dave. Family <laughs> and. Uh, um, and I want to let everybody know that I have worked so hard this year that I'm going to retire, take the rest of the year off, and not going to work again till next year. <laughs> Well, you better hurry. Ain't much left, but uh, I, you know, I've never, never figured out. Uh, my wife and I used to talk about it that uh, you know it's night and then it's morning. It's one thing on the calendar, then it's another thing on it. But you know, it just goes from one day to the next. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, like I say, I prefer to stay in on New Year's Eve because I think it's amateur night. Yeah. A lot of people are out there driving. Who, I love that term. Who drinking and driving who normally don't. You know, the, the professionals know how to do it a little better. The guys who drink and drive every day. They might be a little better at it, but on amateur night, you want to avoid these people who don't do it but once a year. <laughs> yeah, and they may have had some uh, funny things to smoke or eaten something that... Uh, That's right. Have. They may have had some cookies laced you know, with something. Yeah. Who knows? And, you know, and it's sad, but I have known some folks that kid about, well, you know, wait until they get a hold of my brownies, you know, and... Uh, you know, if you want to indulge in something, that's fine. But just don't risk anybody else's life when you do it. If you want to sit home and do whatever you want to do, I have no issue with that at all. You can do whatever you like. You know, as long as you don't put anybody else's life in danger or put anybody else in harm's way, have at it. I'm a libertarian. You can do what you want. <laughs> just don't affect my ability to do what I want or anybody else's ability. Or many years from now, their ability. Or that's whatever. right. Um, so, with that being said, this is the last show of the for year. America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.